You're listening to the Screeners Podcast Network. From the big screen to the small screen and everything in between, this is the Screeners Podcast, where all media is appreciated, but none is safe. Hey guys, and welcome to the Screeners Podcast. This is Melody. This is Chad. And I'm Chris. And we are back once again to talk all things media. We have an exciting episode for you guys this week with a review of Murder on the Orient Express and a whole lot of feedback on our top three, which is single location, film, and TV. So we are excited to get to all of that with you guys. You may have noticed that Daniel is not with us this week and Josh will be joining us for our top three as you will probably not be surprised that he has not seen our main event. But we will bring him in for the top three anyway. So with that in mind, let's go to the main event. Welcome to the main event. Would you mind if I join you? You're the world-famous detective, Hercule Poirot. Avenger of the innocent. Is that what they told you in the papers? And you are innocent? Huh. <laughs> You're fine. A passenger has died. He was murdered. The murderer is on the train with us now. And every one of you is a suspect. <laughs> so, let us catch a killer. All right. So, for tonight's main event, we are in Remake Town with Kenneth Branagh's Murder on the Orient Express. This comes from a classic Agatha Christie mystery novel and a, a film of the same name that some consider to be a classic. And so tonight, uh, Melody and Chris and I are going to give you our impressions of Murder on the Orient Express, the 2017 version. When I was thinking about doing this introduction, I was trying to figure out what I would ask you guys what your history with the original film or Agatha Christie may be. But as I begin to look through all of the different adaptations, there are so many that uh, I didn't even think that would be an easy place to start. So instead, what I'm going to do is just ask you this question and know that we're going to keep it general in our in our initial discussion before we move to spoilers. Did you guys know this story and what happened before seeing this movie? Because I believe that that has a significant impact on whether you may enjoy this film or not. And so let's start with Chris. Chris, yeah. did you know the story of Murder on the Orient Express? And then tell me your general thoughts on this film. I knew nothing about this story. I had not read the novel, nor had I seen the previous film. So I was I was completely blind going. I did not know what to expect. I had just seen a trailer that you guys just heard featuring Imagine Dragons. So I was very excited to be able to see this movie and hear the Imagine Dragons soundtrack, which actually doesn't appear at all in this film. It was very disappointing. I don't know if anybody else was looking for Chad, were you, you were excited, I heard, about Imagine Dragons and the soundtrack of this, right? I mean, excited. <laughs> no, <laughs> maybe a little I, strong. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm speaking tongue in cheek. I, I thought that the, the use of that song in the trailer was rather silly, just based on the 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 setting and all that stuff. But no, I had no idea what this movie how it was going to resolve. All I knew was the cast. And let me tell you what: if we're talking about general impressions, I leaned over to Melody fairly early on in this movie and said, "Everyone is in this thing: Willem Dafoe, Johnny Depp." Uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, uh, Daisy Ridley, uh, of course, Kenneth Branagh, uh, Penelope Cruz. So many people are in this film. It just goes on and on. Josh Gad. I mean, it is really an impressive cast. If you are looking for just raw talent in both a director and a cast, a setting, it is rich. There's a mystery involved. There's there's a, and there's some folks that you're not maybe as familiar with, but they're excellent in this as well. You've probably seen them in other things. It's just a really great cast. All that to say, I did not really care for this movie. <laughs> um, oh, wow. It, you know, it was, it was fine. It was serviceable, but I found it to be a little too theatrical, if I'm being honest. And of course, from Kenneth Branagh, I wouldn't expect anything less. He is a Shakespeare actor and writer and, and not writer, but, uh, director first, I feel like. 
Um, and I'm not sure. It just, for me, it just didn't click. You know, the buildup was really great, but actually solving of the main crime in this film, I just really never got fully invested in, to be honest with you. So it was fine. It was okay. But I felt like it was just a little slow and plotting and a little too overly dramatic for me uh, to really buy in and fully enjoy the film. So for me, it was just kind of okay, honestly. Okay, kind of okay. Uh, The rare Chris Diss. I like it. The Chris Diss. Yes. Chris Diss. All right. So, Melody, I know you and Chris often agree on films. Did you, are you in his camp? Well, first of all, were you aware of the story going in? And what did you think? Are you in agreement with Chris that this is just okay? So, I'm ashamed to say that I was not really aware of the story. I don't recall ever seeing any of the remakes. I have not read the book. I, I had like a, a vague idea, but I didn't I didn't know the story. I didn't know the resolution of it or anything like that. So I was definitely prepared to love this movie because I love murder mysteries. I love mysteries in general. I love many of these actors and it just seemed like at least a fun movie, if nothing else. And I, I didn't love it. I, I, I am in Chris's camp. I'm probably even less positive than Chris, only because I really, I really wanted to love it. And I actually did love the first, like, I mean, maybe 20, 30 minutes. Like, it, it felt fun and intriguing and like it was going somewhere. And then I kind of just liked it less and less and less as it went on until I finally really did not even care what the resolution of the mystery was. I just kind of wanted it to be over, which is kind of sad, but that's how I feel. And I'll tell more later. Wanted it to be (laughs) over. That's a, a ringing endorsement there. Well, I went into this movie having seen the original film years and years ago. And if I'm completely honest, I do not remember if I liked it or not. I saw it when I was much younger And it didn't impact me in any way that I remembered what had happened. So even though I had seen the original film, I went in just like you guys, not knowing the story or the mystery around it. I feel like had I seen this knowing the story, I would really not like this movie. I do, however, I think I may be slightly more positive than you guys just on the scale of the mystery in and of itself was enough to keep me somewhat interested. Now, where I think this movie goes wrong is it opens with a a sequence that is not on the train and that gives you a sense of what kind of movie this is going to be. Yeah. And then the second that they get on the train, it is no longer that kind of movie. That's Um, you're absolutely right. I can't agree more. Yeah. And it has a great style. It has a really cool throwback visual style that I loved but this is not and even in the trailers this is not a not that I'm looking for Looney Tunes but this is not there's no fun to be had in this movie and yet the tone of it uh, it undercuts itself because it does at its heart have comedic moments but they don't land and so when it gets onto the train it's just very it's very serious and I think another thing for me is in a world where we've seen television shows like House. We've seen endless Sherlock Holmes TV iterations and films. For me, the solving of the mystery is one of the coolest parts. And I love films where you have kind of the godlike figure who has this quote unquote superpower. And it's a joy to see that person unravel the mystery in the midst of uh, overwhelming odds. In this movie, it seemed like there was a lot of coincidence and a lot of not showing the progression and then all of a sudden he would just say his perception and it wasn't really based on any of the clues that had been set up so I think even the unraveling of the mystery is kind of a letdown yeah. uh, and it ends in a way that's kind of this last and I don't want to go into spoilers but it's like a last supper motif and it doesn't work it just doesn't work it just felt very like a missed opportunity and both of you said it without saying it this movie's 25-30 minutes too long oh, it, dis- yeah. it just keeps it, there are two or three times times where it feels like the movie is over and it's not over <laughs> and then it <laughs> repeats still... itself it like literally <laughs> yeah. says oh here's yes. what we've done and we're gonna do yeah. it again it just yeah, yeah we're gonna do it again yeah. yeah and another thing that i noticed quite a bit too is you know this is directed by um kenneth branagh and i believe 
writ- maybe not written. No, it's not written by him, but he is the central character. Yep. And there are lots of close-ups on his face. There are lots of very self-serious moments around his character. And I think in the right hands, um, and, and Branagh is super talented, but I think in the right hands, this could absolutely set up this Agatha Christie detective who's in many other stories as well as a fun, interesting character that you'd like to spend time with, but this movie just is not that. It just it just wasn't for me. This movie, with this cast, I mean, here's people we haven't even mentioned. Michelle Pfeiffer is in there. Judy Dench is in there. I mean, this movie just ought to crackle, and boy, it doesn't. It's just boring, and I never thought a movie with this cast would be boring. So, so hang on a second. You're more positive than we are? It sounds like you're in our camp, my yeah. friend. Yeah, maybe not. I guess the more I think about it, I'm in your camp. I'm in your camp. I just, I appreciated a lot of the style. Oh, and no there doubt. Were, there were moments where I was definitely entertained, and I loved the open. But yeah, I, it's a slog. I, I I agree with you guys. It's yeah. it's a slog. I really sure. wanted to love this movie. I really did. And like I said, you know, I forgot that Daisy Ridley was in this. You know, she yeah. shows up really early on, and I was like, oh, that's right, Ray is in this thing. Oh man, I totally forgot that. And it's just yeah. there's so much potential here that I felt like even if. Even if it would have been a little bit, if it would have been average, I think I would have really enjoyed it. But I just don't think they even got there. It was just, especially, honestly, especially the resolution of the mystery for me, which we'll get into in spoilers, Right, just did not, it just did not work for me. It just felt like a logical, and I know maybe this is like a classic and like, Chris, you can't question that, but I do, I question it, so we can get into that in spoilers, but I just didn't think it was a good payoff. Just didn't think yeah. the thing was great. I think the underlying message of the payoff I could get behind, just not in the way that it was delivered. You're talking about the philosophical. Um, yeah, the philosophical question that totally. it asks. Absolutely. And especially as it relates to that character. I think I like that aspect of it, but just Agreed. not the way that it played out. I totally so. agree with you. I just don't think that, yeah, the way they executed it was quite literally. Yeah. But you didn't uh, feel it. Great. You didn't feel it with that character. Like you engaged the right. philosophical question, but you didn't care about it for this particular character one way or the other. Yeah, and they and they kept going through like he was so tired and I need a vacation. I need a holiday. And then he pops up and, oh, I will solve this mystery. But he seems miserable the entire time. <laughs> no fun but to he be seems, But he seems miserable in a way that's not, it doesn't pay off substantially. And it also, I mean, there's a lot of fun to be had with this character. And yes. I just don't, I just don't think they were interested in having well, any. Well, they had it for like 10 minutes. That was the weird right. thing. The, the first part was so fun. Yeah, I thought yeah. we were going to get this weird mashup of the Sherlock Holmes and almost Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, what's his name? A Jack Sparrow type person where, you know, he's yeah. so smart and kind of a little bit flamboyant and knows he's all that. And, you know, because there's this there's this, the opening sequence. There's this crazy thing with eggs. Right. Which I never yeah. quite. And it just it seems so like he's so eccentric and quirky. But that yeah. never really never really. Means yeah, they anything set in they set movie. that up twice. Showed yeah. them the egg. The egg thing happened again in, on the train. Yeah, it's like okay, this guy's quirky and OCD, and okay, that's all. Just yeah. so you know, <laughs> exactly. it's just it just seemed it just seemed like that. It, that's kind of like the way it was for the entire thing. Is like so much potential, so much possibility. They set things up really, really well. I mean, honestly, this thing looks great. The train is a wonderful place to kind of yeah. you know keep people in one place and in one location. It just is. It's just so much kinetic energy that just doesn't pay off at the end it just doesn't nope okay so before we get into spoilers let's go around quickly and let's make our recommendations should people screen this in the theater should they rent it should they wait until they can stream it on their devices or should they skip it altogether? chris what do you say i would say netflix this uh, if if not just for the fact that these are some great actors doing some pretty good work, I don't think you need to fully skip it. It's just know that it's kind of middle of the road, kind of not amazing, but not terrible at the same time. So, hey, Netflix it. It'd be great. There you go. Melody, same question. Yeah, I can't say I would recommend spending money on it, but if you can stream it and you want a mediocre film, <laughs> then you can watch oh, it. Man. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, bam. Woo. All right. All right. I'm actually going to say 
Uh, I could see not totally hating it if you spent four ninety nine to stream this one night if you rented it. I'm going to call it a rental. I think there, I think there's enough there if you just don't have anything else to watch that you could do worse. I don't know that you'll like it very much, but I don't think you'll <laughs> hate it either. With that, let's move into spoilers for Murder on the Orient Express. The first rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. Well, you look nervous. Is it the scars? You want to know how I got him? But there's so many places it would never occur to a hawk to hide. However, the reason the Führer's brought me off my Alps in Austria and placed me in French cow country today is because it does occur to me. Because I'm aware what tremendous feats human beings are capable of once they abandon dignity. In the dream, I knew that he was going on ahead. He's fixing to make a fire somewhere out there in all that dark and all that cold. And I knew that whenever I got there, he'd be there. And then I woke up. We should say that this movie did have a pretty strong opening. Domestically, it made $35 million. And worldwide, it's made $102 million. And I bring that up to say, at the end of this movie, at the very end, when he says he's trying to go on a holiday or he's not available, and the constable says... There's another case, and it's at the Nile. Yes. That's a direct reference to another Agatha Christie uh, book, Death on the Nile, which would lead us to believe that if this does enough box office, that there could be another sequel with this character. Now, I already feel like I know the answer, but would you guys be interested in that at all? I mean, I'm willing to give anything a chance. Not not if it's like this. No, I don't. Not I'm not interested. I'm not looking forward to it. I won't so, buy tickets in advance, you know? So the answer is not if it sucks. <laughs> right. As with everything. Yeah, I mean... Got it, got it. I would I would still be mildly hopeful just because I think Agatha Christie is wonderful. I just, you know... Well, I love I love Kenneth Branagh, too. And everybody, everybody who's involved in this movie, I love. Yeah, this should it have just, been a great movie, but it wasn't. Yeah. yeah. I do have to say there's a scene with Judy Dench where she's talking about how much she loved this lady as her daughter and she gets choked up and I got a little emotional. You know how it happens sometimes completely unexpectedly where I got a little lump in my throat and then I was like, why did I even get that? This movie has no impact on me, <laughs> but it's a, it's a good example of there are really good performances all around this thing. It's kind of a strange thing that we happen here. One of the things I did want to want to ask you guys is did you did you figure out that everybody or at least more than one was involved early or did that just land on you at the very end? Honestly, I feel like this movie is so convoluted that you couldn't come up with that conclusion. I kept thinking to myself, there's got to be a few people working together. But the fact that they were all working together, I still feel like doesn't does not make any sense whatsoever. Only idiots would follow through with their plan having known, oh, the world's number one detective is on board we're just gonna keep do we're just gonna do it anyway like that doesn't why why would you do that why would you do that it doesn't make any sense to me that was I, really weird i feel like i knew it was all of them like at like halfway through the movie <laughs> like it seemed oh, very wow. obvious to me i i don't know that i got it halfway through but i i definitely had a strong suspicion as you begin to see that there were at least two or three people that all had ties yeah. right. to this one case it kind of became clear chris i actually disagree with you there i think if i put myself in the character's frame of mind which you know this horrible thing happens where he kidnaps a little girl and murders her and you had put your life's effort into getting these people together for this one moment to catch this guy yeah i think i don't think i would care who was on yeah. that train i was i'd kill that guy no matter what okay but and, hang on and, a and second I, hang on a second ahead. here's my only counterpoint to that because at the end of this movie he was going someplace he got off the he was getting off that train before the end of the line anyway so why didn't they just wait till he got off the freaking train and then killed the dude? Well, I mean, that I guess that presumes that the other guy would not have left. And it's possible, too. I mean, I don't know. He, he had been asking other people to kind of watch his back. I don't know. That's a fair point. Yeah, I no, guess that is a I, fair point. Yeah, no, it does not make any sense to me at all. Like, it, he had a... Anyway, I, it just, for me, I was like, look, if even if... Even if you're like, okay, we spent our entire life's work, we're going to get this together, but there's a dude here who's literally the very best detective ever. 
right? And he even announces himself that way. He didn't announce himself that way until after the murder. But he so was introducing himself to people. Like, they all know one another, so they sure. could at least pass notes or something. That's true. Well, let's talk Let's talk very briefly. I did think, specifically, the scene where they where they went through with the murder, I thought that was a pretty powerful scene, honestly. Yeah, you're uh, right. Just the idea that they all came together and this monster had killed this little girl that had destroyed their lives and they were taking back whatever they could to committing this second awful act to, to regain some semblance of control in their lives. I really thought that was a pretty powerful scene and asked an interesting question. Would you be willing, how far would you be willing to go? I mean, did that, none of that land for you guys at all? Or were you just, you tuned it, out at it that did, point? It did land it, when he was talking, you know, when he said, none of you were capable of, of doing this, but then it really was all of them. So like, what is that capacity? Like, how does that capacity change? And if it were you, would you be a part of it? And the scene where they're actually all stabbing him, like you're not seeing him, but you're just seeing their faces. And it, it was, I mean, I, if I hadn't have just been so bored and tired, I, I would have probably been emotionally moved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I understand. I thought Michelle Pfeiffer's performance in that moment was really excellent as well yeah. as the mom. Let's go to the end now. We have this, you know, mentioned earlier, this Last Supper motif where they literally walk out and they're all sitting <laughs> in a flat table facing their accuser. We're supposed to, I think, get on board this idea of this conflict of the, here's a guy that always follows the rules and he's even said it multiple times that other people could forgive and not tell, and he cannot, that he must tell what happened. We have this scene where he gives the gun and says, you have to kill me as well to get through. Michelle Pfeiffer picks up the gun and points it at herself, pulls the trigger. It's empty. It was a test. What did you guys think about the construct of that? Because I did think that was, there were some interesting underlying questions that were happening there. What'd you think? Uh, I would call this the Scooby-Doo moment. <laughs> um, do you know what I mean? At the end of that show, there would always be yeah. the moment when he'd come out and be like, here's how it all went down. And I set a trap for you to reveal yourself. Yeah, I mean, it was fine. This is what I meant by it seemed overly dramatic. Just the way it was, no, this would never happen unless it was a film, right? This is a very much a stage play way of ending this. So if I saw this on a stage, I think this is really good and interesting way of being able to kind of get them all together. But as is, it just felt just overly dramatic to me. I, I love the idea. I like the the question it poses, the philosophical things that it leaves you with to think about. And all that is really on point and great. I just think the execution, again, just didn't work for me. It just, it was a little too overly dramatic. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the way I would put it. Like, I did like the idea. I didn't even dislike the dialogue. It was maybe the acting I don't know like I don't I don't know why it didn't really land I don't know if it was just because I hadn't emotionally connected with these characters enough to care and that's why it didn't land but but I like you said I do like the question that it asked I think it's intriguing it just felt weak okay yeah and I think for me it just worked a little bit better I, I enjoyed even though it was definitely on the nose and he was talking directly to the audience at home I liked the fact that after he told the police his first theory, which was a lie, he essentially lied, the single assassin who got away theory, he then comes back and says, essentially to himself, but to us as the surrogate, that uh, it's not black or white, that in some cases uh, there are gray and justice, the scales of justice are not always equally balanced. So I liked that in the midst of an overly long and frustratingly boring film. <laughs> so uh, that, that uh, anything else you guys wanted to talk about before we wrap up on murder on the Orient express? I mean, I think I've said enough. Uh, there's no reason to go kick it anymore. So ultimately uh, Chris is down. Melody is down maybe a little lower and I'm a little higher than both. Although the more I think about it, the more I drift downward. So, I would say, uh, you know, watch this if you're if you're interested, and maybe the next one will be better. Hopefully, it is. And with that, we will move to our top three. Three, two, one. The top three. All right. So for this week's the top three, we have 
single location films. Now, of course, this is going to be a little bit flexible, I have a feeling, because even though Murder on the Orient Express was a single location film for most of the time, it wasn't all the time, but there are many films out there that uh, spend a good deal of time in one single location, or maybe even the entire runtime of the film. And so we thought it might be fun to look at those and discuss what we think our favorites are in that particular genre. So we're going to go around the table and uh, and see what everybody has. So our number three top single location film, Josh, what is your number three? Well, first I'm going to take a step back and talk about how I put this list together. Why? Why do we, we need usually to do tend that? to do that? Because we always do that, Chris. We don't, but, but it's everybody tradition. Knows. There's it no, is tradition. There's no rhyme or reason. It's just a random... Well, how about, Chris, since you just make every rule that there are no rules, <laughs> that he can do what he wants to? Yeah, how about that, Chris? Bam! How about that? You know, I don't appreciate this, but... This you kind of let off with, hey, tonight. this is a single location thing, but hey, who cares if it's single location? So <laughs> I, I feel like flexible, the rules are already gone. It's flexible, gone. and listen, this is just going to be the way it is, everybody. Well, in, in honor of all of this, yes. my, my uh, rationale for putting my list together was I thought it was long overdue that I spend an episode in Chris's shoes. Ooh. And so in honor mm. of Chris for this They're big list, shoes, man. They're big shoes. They are very big shoes. I've seen your feet. They I are know. they are large shoes. <laughs> I know, man. Um, I feel like this got dirty for some please, reason. Please do not <laughs> only only in on your mind. Podcast. I'm trying so hard. <laughs> only in he your mind. To, he that, tried that to steer it away of, and Josh just wouldn't let it. <laughs> in honor of Melody's hatred of feet in general. Yes. Thank yeah. you for that. Thank you. So in honor of that, I decided that my list would take what rules we have have presented for this segment and just throw them out the window and I'm going to do what I want to do. And on top of that, I'm going to be really excited about each one of my picks. I'm very proud so, of you, Josh. This is, like this this is, is what's going to happen. Wow. This is awesome. Let's go. Let's so my first pick is, uh, is from the world of TV. Um, so you mentioned single location movies, but we also on Facebook, where we got a lot of great responses, by the way. Yes, we did bottle episodes of tv shows um episodes that happen obviously mainly in one location so i have picked a show that is one of probably on my list of favorite shows of all time wow. and this is an episode that okay so yeah it doesn't take place in one location but most of the main action of the episode and most of the tension of the episode does happen in one location so my number three is an episode of Black Mirror, White Christmas, with John Hamm. Oh, oh I didn't even think about that. Good well, pick. it doesn't. It doesn't really fit. It doesn't at all. It, that's it, no, no. You know, about half of it does. <laughs> that's a. That is. Hey, Chris, how dare lie. you complain about the rules? <laughs> that's right. Hey, Chris. Hey, it's all good. It's all good, guys. I, I'm just. Thank he's you. taking my role. I'm taking his. Okay. Well, so let's. Fair. I can't let's wait just, to hear about all the chill. TV you hated. <laughs> That's right. I hate I hate everything. <laughs> it's better. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Okay, so that's a good pick. Uh, Melody, what is your number three? Well, I tried to stick closely to the rules on this one. My number three mm. is the only one that's maybe a little bit questionable, but it is the movie Coherence. Hey. Oh, hey. Amir's hey. bringing Laurie to dinner. Amir's a total jackass. <laughs> Everyone else still not have service. I got zero. No. On the news, you know, they're talking about the comet. Yeah, yeah. Wheeler's comet. After it passed, people get lost. They would end up in the wrong home. Wow. And they keep telling people that this can happen. The chicken tastes like right. tuna. It must be Miller's comet. <laughs> the whole neighborhood is out of power, uh, except for a house about two blocks up. Oh, hey. I think we yeah. reviewed on this podcast or talked about on this podcast, but yeah, it is a um, basically single location, more or less. Awesome. Yes. No, that is a very good thriller. If people mm -hmm. are looking for something a little different. Yeah, that's awesome. Good. Was that the one that you guys had Josh watch and he didn't like? I mean, that could be a lot of things, but I don't <laughs> remember. Like every movie ever. This I is don't know. A, this is a, um, a, a dinner party movie sort of a thing. 
I don't want to say too no, much. About I feel it. like they told me to watch it, but in being true to myself, I do me, and I didn't watch it. You do you, Josh. <laughs> All right, Chad. How about you, man? What is your number three single location film slash television show? Well, this one is one that I didn't expect to make my top three, but and honestly. I didn't have as much time uh, in over the last day or so to put a, a lot of thought. And I usually take these lists very seriously, but I didn't have a lot of time to put this one together. So uh, another week or so, and this could completely change. But for me right now, number three, and it cheats a little bit as well, uh, is Ex Machina. I love that movie, yeah. and it is essentially in one location, not yeah, necessarily one room, but it's in one location. I love the sci-fi uh, story. I love the performances, and yeah. I think it's just a really well-crafted film. So that's my number three. Yeah, no, no, that, that works, I think. It is a single location, no doubt. Okay, Two. so for me, uh, this is a fairly new film that I've been praising, I think, over the entirety of this year. And I really enjoyed it. And when, as soon as this, the idea for this list came about, this movie popped into my head. It was going to be the number one for the longest time, but then, of course, I did some more thinking. But for me, number three is Hush. Uh, it's a thriller that takes place in almost a single room. I mean, there's a little bit of movement that happens outside as well, but um, for the most part, it is it is truly one location the entire time. So if you haven't seen Hush, I believe it's still streaming on Netflix. It is a great thriller if you enjoy those kinds of films. Okay, so we're now to number two. Back to Josh. What's your number two pick? My number two pick is a movie that got a lot of great buzz on this podcast and again doesn't fit the mold tightly but it does mostly there's only there are only a few cuts to another location so let's let's just be nice and say that number two should be the martian i guarantee you that at some point everything's going to go south on you and you're going to say this is it this is how i end now you can either accept that <laughs> Or you can get to work. This will come as quite a shock to my crewmates and to NASA and to the entire world. But I'm still alive. Surprise. Because it was a fantastic <laughs> performance <laughs> on a space station. Oh, that is a good that's, answer. That's hilarious. So you're that's saying... A- you're saying terrible like answer. An entire <laughs> planet is one single location. Why right. not? <laughs> this is hilarious. Uh, yeah, I love this single location. Look, it the all movie happens is about Earth. him growing potatoes. <laughs> the movie is about him growing potatoes. Yeah, that's in a true. room by himself. I mean, all right, fine, good, okay. Kind of. No, I think it's a great answer, Josh. I am in your. Wow. It's a great. It's a great movie. It's a terrible answer. This so is. Far. I'm going to be you more often, Chris. This is fantastic. Life is. More I was fun. about to commend him for how positive he was, and then he pulled that crap off. So. <laughs> All right. I still feel like you received the commendation, Josh. Thank wow. you, Melody. Okay, well, that. let's let's move on. Uh, Melody, how about you? What's your number two? My number two is, feels like a very obvious choice, but it had to make my top three, and that is the movie Clue. Ah, yes. Clue. Oh, yeah. For yeah, sure. Yeah. For sure. Nice. Okay. One of the greats, people. One of the greats. Chad, number two for you. My number two is also a Netflix film. Chris, staying in, in the same lane as you. Okay. Uh, this is a movie that came out in 2015. And this is, I openly admit, it's not a movie for everybody. A lot of people really hate this movie. But I love it. I absolutely love it. <clears throat> I love a slow burn that tightens the screws as it goes along. And then still is somewhat ambiguous at the end. And that movie is The Invitation. Oh, it's a yeah. uh, It's like a dinner uh, happens all in one house essentially around one living room area for the entirety of the film uh, and it's a thriller an independent film uh, and it goes to some crazy places so like I said it's not for everybody but it is on Netflix so if you have Netflix I would recommend you check it out it's really great yes that is a good pick I almost picked that one instead of coherence but then I went I went the other way yeah yeah, yeah totally have you not you, you haven't seen coherence Chad I have no I haven't I don't think I have yeah, no I, I know think, I have it I think you is it really on Netflix like it. Uh, yes, I believe it. If it's not on Netflix, it is on Amazon. It's on one of the streaming platforms. I haven't looked recently, but I know it's Gotcha. There. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely check it out. Okay, all right. Um, so then we're back to me, I believe, right, for my number two. And uh, I am kind of breaking the mold at this point. Hush was definitely my only true to the entirety of the film. 
Number two for me uh, is a little film that kind of launched careers of, I mean, I don't know if they really launched them, but it threw them into the mainstream of Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock, and that is speed. All right, pop quiz. Airport, gunman with one hostage. He's using her for cover. He's almost to a plane. You're 100 feet away. What do you think? Shoot the hostage. What? Go for the good wound, and he can't get to the plane with her. Clear shot. You're deeply nuts, you know that? All right, gentlemen, what we have here are 13 passengers in an express elevator. Bomb's already taken out cables. Bomber wants $3 million or he blows the emergency brakes. Anything else that'll keep this elevator from falling? Uh, the basement. He can strike anywhere. At any time. Will the mystery guest please sign in? Why are they messing with me? Do they think I'm doing this for fun? Um, spending some time on a bus going 55 miles an hour. Uh, that was an awesome film. And, uh, yeah, I really, I really liked that movie a lot. And most of it takes place on a bus. I saw that movie probably 20 times. Yes. I forgot how much I liked it, but then I completely forgot about it. I don't know if that says more about the movie or me. Really? Probably me. I'm old. Well, yeah, I love speed so much. I think that's a really well, one of the best paced, I mean, you know, obviously the movie's called Speed, but I think that movie's so well paced, uh, paced. It's such a great thriller, and then the sequel was such poop that it was just <laughs> you. I, I hardly, for, you know, no one remembers Cruise Control, but it's out there. No one should go see it. All right, uh, so we're now known to our number one pick for single location films. Here we go, Josh. What is your number one? All right, if you loved my number three and number two, you are gonna love my number one pick for so okay. many reasons. Um, and if you're just really that mad at the end of this, I'll give you some real answers and honorable mentions, but my number one pick, Uh um, you know, it's kind of like a single location, but this, but you know, not really. The movie is more known for looking like it was filmed in a single shot. And so I took that to be in the spirit of our challenge and I'm going to pick Birdman for my number one pick. Oh my gosh. What? Yes. I, don't know. I don't give you that um, yes. one, Josh. <laughs> yes. Yes. It feels like it's a very confined kind of movie because of the way it was shot. All right, we're going to move on. But okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't even. Wow. I, I am declaring myself winner of this segment. <laughs> Good job. Uh, I Good hate job. that movie on top of everything else. I know. Me too. That's, that's why I loved, I loved this pick. And it made me feel like you, Chris. I just fantastic I felt the joy of a child in my heart i'm glad i'm glad i'm glad that you are feeling some sort of joy uh for for once in a while it's okay. sadistic joy but i, I gotta take it where i can get <laughs> melody <laughs> melody <laughs> let's please on. redeem us number on one what's number one for you my number one is a movie that i really really loved very tense movie 127 hours oh yeah. okay it had to be it had to be one of my picks interesting good Good yeah. pick. Does it count? Does it count? Yeah. Am I disqualified? Okay. That also showed up no, on our Twitter no, that and Facebook is. responses. No, that, oh, that, yeah. that, that definitely counts. I think we've established that everything counts, so <laughs> does it really matter? <laughs> yes. Yes. That's right. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Chad, what's number one for you? Did you stick within the rules or did you break them as well? Well, this one was probably 98% there, except for maybe the very beginning and just the very beginning. And this was more of a nostalgia pick for me, and I do not apologize for it. It's the 1990 movie Misery. You almost died. You have a compound fracture of the tibia in both legs, and the fibula in the right leg is fractured too. And as soon as the roads open, I'll take you to a hospital. In the meantime, you've got a lot of recovering to do. There is nothing to worry about. You're going to be just fine. I'm your number one fan. My name is Annie Wilkes. I think one of my clients, Paul Sheldon, might be in some kind of trouble. You mean Paul Sheldon, the writer? Well, everybody sure likes those misery books. They had it at the store, Paul. They said he checked out last Tuesday. Isn't that a little strange? I guess it was kind of a miracle you finding me. In a way, I was following you. You were following me? Oh, Paul, I've read everything of yours, but the misery novels. You must be a good man. You could never have created such a wondrous, loving creature as Misery Chastain. Uh, Kathy Bates won an Academy Award for her performance, and I loved this book before the movie came out. This actually, I, I rewatched this a couple of months ago, and this movie really still holds up. It's very claustrophobic and terrifying, and it's just a great movie. So for me, Misery, it is. That's a good pick. Absolutely. 
All right, so mine, uh, I think we're going down in descending order. Hush definitely stayed within the rules. Speed kind of bent it a little bit. And I feel like this next one might be breaking it. Even though I would argue that it is one location, it probably doesn't feel that way. And um, somebody brought up Die Hard in our comments. And uh, this is definitely Die Hard in the air. And that, of course, is Air Force One. Get off my plane. Uh, that's for me, my number one huh. single location film, Air Force One. Most of the film... Get, I, could, I could get on board with Air Force One more than Die Hard. Oh, yeah, I agree. I agree. I, but, but as soon as that was said, it kind of shifted my thinking a little bit. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's right, Air Force One. I mean, the first five minutes take place... Um, outside of the plane, but then the rest of the movie, the entirety of the rest of that movie takes place pretty much in the in, in, in Air Force One. You, you should have gone with Air Force One and Con Air as like number three. <laughs> yes! Why not? Con Air. That's right. That's the Academy Award winning Air Force One. Also, it, it won no Academy Awards. <laughs> none. None. Who said that? <laughs> hey, Chad, let's not worry about it. Let's not worry about who, it. Don't listen. Don't listen to last week's that? episode. You don't have to worry about it. <laughs> anyway. Okay, yeah, that that is on our top twenty, I believe, or maybe got kicked out last week. I don't know. Uh, on our, uh, on I think our I got list. kicked out last week. Yeah, well, you know, yeah, by Daniel's mom. <laughs> That's right. Okay, so let's go ahead and go around the table and uh, talk about honorable mentions, movies that didn't quite make the list for you. Josh, do you have any on your list? I do, I do, yeah. and I have like ones that should probably actually qualify for okay, this topic. Okay, sure. So I was reading lists of single location things, and I didn't know, I didn't remember this one well enough to remember that it was single location, but apparently Reservoir Dogs belongs yep. on these lists. Kind um, of. Kind of. Yeah. yeah. Kind of. Yeah, yeah. Aren't there like flashbacks and... I don't know. I, I was surprised when I saw it on these lists. Anyways. I think the characters are in one location, but there's a lot of cutting so away. The usual suspects kind of deal. Yeah, exactly. Which I didn't see on these lists, which is weird. But anyways, so yeah. that's one. But uh, number two, we haven't mentioned this yet, but Breaking Bad has a great bottle episode, The Fly. It does. Trying to kill a fly in their method. That's lab. a fantastic episode. Yep. So good. Yeah, that's right, man. I totally forgot about that, but that's great. What a great pick. And my top honorable mention was already mentioned by Chad, but Ex Machina, I think, deserves to be in this category. Cool. Yeah. Good. Agreed. Good, good, good. Okay, Melody, how about you? Do you have any honorable mentions? I feel like I took this way more seriously than you guys did and like did not think outside the box at all because like now I'm thinking of so many things, but it's probably too late. So I'll go with what I have. Which I'm sorry, is... did, you, did, did you just say you took it more seriously than we did and now that you've listened to us, you have more ideas? Her mind yeah. has been open yes, is what she said. Yes, that's what saying. I said. I said, You're good welcome. job. You, you You're welcome. Well, <laughs> like I'm thinking like I could do any Star Trek episode that was all on the ship and any of those would nerd be alert nerd alert than... start the cast of star trek coined the term bottle episode i learned that tonight on wikipedia hmm. well, whoa i did not why? go to wikipedia tonight yeah, man. so i could think of a lot of episodes but i won't i will instead use what i had already written so my uh honorable mentions are snowpiercer which i feel like we did review on this podcast or at least talk about and also we did. Yeah. Uh, devil. I think that's all in one location, isn't it? Pretty much. Yep. Yes. I mean, it cu- cuts that's out a, a little pick. bit, but yeah, no, that's a good. That's a good one. Yep. Those are my uh, my honorable mentions. Cool. Chad, how about you? I had a couple of honorable mentions. Actually, three. One, I don't really love the movie a lot, but I thought it was pretty good. Buried. I don't know if you guys remember. Oh, Ryan Reynolds. All, yeah. Ryan Reynolds. <clears throat> Yeah, pretty good. Uh, another one is a found footage horror movie that I love. It's actually very frightening and good. It's called Wreck. It's out of Spain from 2008. I highly recommend that movie. It's not. It's elevated above your typical horror fare. And then an older one that I love, and I think it qualifies, uh, the German submarine film Das Boot is great. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. Fantastic. So that almost made my list. So one that was so close that I almost just through it in any way but you know obviously i need to i need to see it again before i i put it on here and we talk about it again but that of course is mother um i think it's important that that at least is spoken uh, uh you've been saving that one chris i have i was so hoping no one else was gonna say it uh so die hard would also be on that list for me but that nope. is that is much more questionable i agree it, i agree it is but it still is it all takes place in a kind of uh and then coherence was also on that honorable mention list but melody put it in her top three so those are my honorable mentions 
Okay, so we got a good amount of response on social media. So let's go ahead and dive a little bit into that. Melody, I think you've got our official Screeners Cast Facebook page open. What were some folks replying over there? I do, and we have some good answers here. A few repeats. Uh, Samantha named The Breakfast Club. I've seen that a few times, actually. Mm -hmm. Uh, Rope, Rear Window, and Arsenic and Old Lace, so some older films. Rear window, yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. That is a good one. Britain says Die Hard, uh, The Breakfast Club, and 12 Angry Men. Hold on, before you leave there, Britain, I know personally, he just had his wisdom teeth out. Oh, no. So I'm going to blame his pick of Die Hard on that, (laughs) and then that's all I'm going to say about that. I mean, okay, that was kind of you. Uh, Paul says, oh, there's a Mad About You episode called The Conversation, season six, episode nine. There is a 20-minute single scene shot. Can't say that I've seen it, but that sounds cool. And some guy named Daniel Howitt commented on here. He says, The Breakfast Club is the obvious best choice. Also, Green Room, Panic Room, and 127 Hours. I don't disagree with you, Daniel. Those are Apparently, the movie Room doesn't qualify, I guess. Hmm, (laughs) So you could have picked Green Room, Panic Room, and Room. To be fair, Green Room doesn't either, but Yeah, Green Room definitely does not, actually, Daniel, but... We still love you. Daniel. (laughs) Okay. All right. So uh, let's go ahead and move on to Twitter. Josh, I think you've got a couple of, uh, you know, responses on Twitter, right? We do. We've got, we have several responses. Um, Breakfast Club showed up several times. Yes. I believe. Steven Sosa had to go and mention Clerks. I was hoping no one would bring that up, but he did. Um, (laughs) Do you not like Clerks? Oh, Clerks. Let's not talk about Clerks. Oh, it's so terrible. Oh, Kevin Smith. Anyways, not to... Not to dump all over Steven's picks. He also picked Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, and Ex Machina, so he redeemed himself with the last one a little bit. Nice. Uh, Scott brought up 12 Angry Men, which has a special place in mm. my heart because I was in that in play form in high school. Yeah, you so, were. Yay, 12, ang- 12 Angry People, 12 I Angry think. Jurors. We jurors, that's right. Because yes. we were inclusive. That's right. CNC Geekcast chimed in with several picks, more than three, so I'm just going to go read them all. Uh, 12 Angry Men, again. Rope. Cube, a movie which I haven't seen, but I saw in my research for this list and seems like I should watch it. An interesting movie, yeah. Um, The Mist, in parentheses, kinda. Funny Games and The Strangers. Oh, man, Mm. Strangers. Strangers is Uh, good, good, but good and terrible. It's terrible. (laughs) terrible. Yeah, it's it's much more, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's intense. Cool. Brian brought up another movie. Brian Hurst brought up another movie I was hoping to not see on this list. 10 Cloverfield Lane. Moving right along. Oh, man, that oh, is a good one. Maybe. That's a about great. It. That's a great movie, no. Josh. Hush. Also, hush. it's not single location, but it's mostly single location, so it fits with my picks at least. I mean, True. It I is mean, not mostly. a great movie. You know, I just thought, you know, Psycho would kind of fit this uh, very, very, well, I mean, eh, no, no, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. There's a lot that happens outside of the uh, Bates yeah. Motel. All right. Eric Monroe said Alive in 1993. Um, hmm. I'm not, I don't know either of those. Is that one movie or two movies? Alive produced in 1993 or Alive uh, and Alive is a movie. It sounds like 1993. It would have been when it came out. Okay. That I don't know sense. that it's I a, should probably it just a single IMDb location. It, uh, Chad Madden responded with, in no order, 1408 Panic Room, Die Hard Again. This is Chad. You're on the same wavelength as Chad. This is great. And all is lost. And we have one more from Caleb. Buried with Ryan Reynolds again comes up. Mm. Yeah. Hey, I found Alive, and I saw this movie in the theater and loved it, and I completely forgot about it. Alive is the movie about the um, plane crash. Is that Uruguayan what it is? rugby yes. team that yes. crashed oh. uh, in the Andes Mountains and oh. had to result to some things to to survive. <laughs> some things. That's spoilers for real life. That's a actually a fantastic movie and a great pick. Now that now that I think about it. Yes, it absolutely is. All right. Well, thank you to everyone who replied on Facebook and Twitter on those places. Uh, We asked, uh, Chad and I asked on our personal Facebook pages what what some folks in our spheres of influence thought. So, Chad, you got some responses and a lot of responses, I think, right? 
I did. So I've got some repeats. We've got Lindsay who said The Breakfast Club. Diane said The Original Murder on the Orient Express. A little throwback there. Uh, Kevin, a friend of ours from Atlanta, said Lifeboat and Clerks. So in your face, Josh. Yeah, you know he loves Kevin. Clerks. I don't care. He's got terrible taste. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, he also said Clue, Melody. So he was in agreement with you. Yes. Uh, Dan, who is uh, who's a theater professor, said Tape and The Big Kahuna. Not surprisingly, they were placed first. He also mentioned Das Boat and Rear Window. Which is uh, which was great. Rob said Reservoir Dogs, The Big Kahuna, Clerks, and Snowpiercer. And then Rob also said, if Die Hard counts, then Die Hard. And I, again, Die Hard does not count people. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Stop saying Die Hard. Jose said Devil, we, which we agreed worked for sure. Uh, we had 12 Angry Men. Marty said Passengers. Have you guys seen Passengers? Passengers. That's it's the recent? Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah, we didn't talk about that on the podcast. My wife and I watched it about two or three weeks ago. That's a terrible movie. It's really bad. <laughs> it's yeah, really I have not stupid. heard good things. But the production value is pretty awesome. But anyway, so uh, Passengers, I suppose, would count. Uh, and then we had Dominic, who gave us several picks. He also said The Strangers and Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, Disturbia, and The Babysitter. And Disturbia and The Babysitter, uh, maybe. But uh, but that's that's what we had. So really great response and a lot of, a lot of good picks. Yeah, absolutely. So I've got a lot of repeats on my page. I'm just going to go th- over these really quick. Adam said Rope. We've heard that quite a bit. Tyler said Rear Window. I guess that's, yep. yeah. I mean, I yeah, that works. That. Uh, let's see here. Rob says Escape from Alcatraz. I guess. Hmm. I guess, right? Kind of. I guess. <laughs> I guess. Sure. What did, I, did I already say Dustin said Castaway? That's an interesting ah. pick. Right, Castaway. I guess. Castaway. Yeah, yeah, qualifies. yeah that qualifies. That works. My favorite part of me asking this question on my Facebook page, however, was Chad consistently coming in <laughs> and telling the people on my Facebook page that they were wrong for their picks. So that was my favorite part here. I mean, there's several. It was moments, my civic duty. Several moments here. Just you know, from now on, just stay on your own Facebook page, okay, man? I don't need you over here trying to throw rules Listen, around. when you have people on your page saying the Green Mile, it is literally <laughs> impossible for me not to respond to that. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. All right. Dara, Dara says Clue. We got that. And then, of course, Alien. I think she means Alien, not Aliens. But Alien fits more than Aliens. Um, yeah. Uh, ben says Phone Booth. Phone Booth. Ben phone says... Booth. <laughs> what did you say, Ben? <laughs> <laughs> Ben says phone booth. Uh, Brett mentioned death trap, and Nathan said cube. Uh, so those are just a few. I mean, there's a there's a few more there as well. I really appreciate everybody who responded there. But yeah, anyway, so uh, there's a lot of responses. A lot of these types of films, many of them are kind of on the uh, the gray area, but it's still a lot of fun. I really appreciate everybody for responding. We really got a lot of of good uh, feedback from you guys. So keep that up. We really appreciate it. You're listening to the Screeners Podcast. All right, guys. Well, that is it for our episode this time. Thanks for tuning in and thanks for all of your feedback. We love hearing from you guys. So definitely stay connected to our Facebook and our Twitter so that we can keep putting out questions for you guys and putting your feedback on the show. Next time, we are going to be reviewing Justice League, and I am sure we will all have much to say. So don't forget to tune in then, and we'll talk to you next time. And that's a wrap. You've heard what the screeners had to say. Now you be the critic. Head over to screenerspodcast.com and let us know what you think. See you next time.